Hello and welcome to A Father's Heart, a podcast for Catholic dads, brought to you by the Diocese of Nottingham. This podcast series will explore Patris Cordier, that is, the apostolic letter written by Pope Francis for the year of St. Joseph. Each month, we'll speak to two dads from around the diocese and explore one of the parts of the document. Each part highlights a different characteristic of St. Joseph as a father. We'll be sharing our thoughts and reflections on this document and how the different fathers from around the diocese try to live this out. Here is this month's episode. Welcome to the first episode of A Father's Heart, a podcast for Catholic dads. This week, we'll be looking at the second section of Patrice Cordier, A Tender Loving Father. I had the privilege of interviewing Tom Baptist and Tom Shannon. Tom Baptist is the director of the Nottingham Diocese Catholic Youth Service. Tom Shannon is the lead lay chaplain for the St. Thomas Aquinas Catholic Multi-Academy Trust, serving the Catholic schools all across Leicestershire. I spoke to the two Toms, as they've both recently become a dad for the second time. We think about what it means to be a tender loving father and returning once again to having a young baby in your life. Before we hear from the two Toms, we will first listen to that section of Patrice Cordier, that the tender loving father, and think about how St. Joseph lives out this particular characteristic. A tender and loving father. Joseph's for Jesus grow daily in wisdom and in years and in divine human favour. As the Lord had done with Israel, so Joseph did with Jesus. He taught him to walk, taking him by the hand. He was for him like a father who raises an infant to his cheeks bending down to him and feeding him. In Joseph, Jesus saw the tender love of God. As Psalm 103 says, As a father have compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. In the synagogue, during the praying of the Psalms, Joseph would surely have heard again and again that the God of Israel is a God of tender love, who is good to all, whose as Psalm 145 says, compassion is over all that he has made. The history of salvation is worked out in hope against hope, through our weakness. All too often, we think that God works only through our better parts, yet most of his plans are realised in and despite our frailty. Thus St Paul could say, To keep me from being too elated, the thorn was given to me in the flesh. A messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I appealed to the Lord about this, that it would leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7-9 to Since this is part of the entire economy of salvation, we must learn to look upon our weakness with tender mercy. The evil makes us see and condemn our frailty, Whereas the Spirit brings it to light with tender love. Tenderness is the best way to touch the frailty within us. Pointing fingers and judging others are frequently signs of an inability to accept our own weakness, our own frailty. Only tender love will save us from the snares of the accuser. That is why it is so important to encounter God's mercy 
especially in the sacrament of reconciliation, where we experience his truth and tenderness. Paradoxically, the evil one can also speak the truth to us, yet he does so only to condemn us. We know that God's truth does not condemn, but instead welcomes, embraces, sustains and forgives us. That truth always presents itself to us like the merciful father in Jesus' parable, Luke 15, 11-32. It comes out to meet us, restores our dignity, sets us back on our feet and rejoices for us. For, as the father says, This, my son, was dead and is alive again. He have lost and is found. Even though Joseph fears, God's will, his history and his plan were at work. Joseph then teaches us that faith in God includes believing that he can work even through our fears, our frailties and our weaknesses. He also teaches us that amid the tempests of life, we must never be afraid to let the Lord steer our course. At times we want to be in complete control. Yet God always sees the bigger picture. A very warm welcome to our first guests on this new podcast for the Diocese of Nottingham. And we are speaking to, hopefully it'll be quite easy to remember, first of all we're speaking to Tom Baptist. And second, our second guest is Tom Shannon. So hopefully it'll either be very easy or very confusing uh, flitting between our two guests. So a very warm welcome to you both, Toms. Thank you very much for having us. Very exciting. Yeah, thank you, Joe. Lovely to be here. Excellent. So first of all, I think it would be nice to start with a bit of an introduction about who you are and everything like that. So our podcast is very much about family life and how we live our faith. So a little bit about that would be amazing. Cool. Well, I, I, I will kick off. Uh, my name is Tom. Um, and interesting, isn't it, that when you introduce yourself, you start by saying your job. Um, and actually, like you just said, I'm going to start by saying I'm a, I'm a dad. You know, I'm a, I'm a father and a husband. So I'm, I've got two little boys, um, I'm married to Laura, and I've got two sons, uh, Joshua and Zach, uh, who are two years old and eight months old, respectively. Um, and yeah, so that, that's what I am first and foremost. And then I suppose the other stuff I do is that I, I, I'm the director of the youth service. So I, I look after a lot of our work as a church with young people as well. So there's there's, there's lots of kind of crossovers there uh, in terms of those two areas, but but that that's who I am. Thank you very much, Tom. And we're going to go to Tom. Hi, yeah, yeah. So my name is also Tom. Um, I'm also a dad. I've got a, a five-year-old, uh, Evie Marie, um, who's just started going back in school again. She's very excited about that, which is um, which is the, the big topic in our house this week. Um, and we've just added to the family fairly recently. We've got Kaylin, who's um, who's just turned six months old as well, um, uh, and. Uh, also, uh, a wife, nearly forgot her, uh, Teresa. <laughs> Hopefully she's not listening downstairs. <laughs> I'll, I'll be and um and yeah so I'm, I'm the lead lay chaplain for the St Thomas Aquinas Catholic Multi Academy Trust uh, which in, includes 22 schools from across kind of Leicestershire and Loughborough and I work with uh, some of the chaplaincy leads and lay chaplains and head teachers to kind of coordinate the Catholic life and collective worship across those schools Excellent thank you very much so um, as you can imagine uh, those of you home listening you might see a theme why I've uh, selected Tom and Tom for our first uh, podcast not just because uh, it's great to have uh, one name to remember but also as they've both just as they said added to their family for the second child I thought quite a um, good time maybe uh, to kind of talk about that theme of tender loving father so um, 
Was there anything that uh, struck you in this um, section of the uh, Pope's letter? Yeah, I love that phrase, tender, loving father. At three in the morning, when they're not sleeping, um, <laughs> tenderness. And I, it, it, I think, if anything, what I love is the honesty of the document and the honesty of what it's like to be a dad, because blooming hard work, like it is, it's really hard work. Like, and especially like the the lockdown, all the situation. We both had lockdown babies, and it's all been a, all been a little bit weird. But there's been that kind of that that kind of challenge and blessing, I suppose. We've had the blessing of having so much more time at home, like with our families and stuff like that, which has been amazing. You know, I do thank God for that opportunity. I know I would never have normally got that opportunity, um, but it's also really hard. It's really hard, kind of like being a dad. And I, it always makes me think. The thing I, I love about the letter is it very much talks about the the little that we know about Joseph, but actually what that infers. And actually we can really get to a real sense of him as a person, but he was the kind of guy that had to, to balance working and being a dad and his commitments. And I, I felt, I always get the feeling that it reflects the different directions in which he was pulled quite well. You know, father to, to, to Jesus, absolutely. And husband to Mary, but of course there's his religious obligation, you know, in terms of what he feels like he should be doing. Then he, all of a sudden God's rocking up and dropping dreams left, right and center. And then he's like, well, I'm, being called to do and there's like a, a kind of vocational element and 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 for me the thing i loved about that is it pulled them all out quite nicely and helped us realize that actually we've got to balance and put all those things together because ultimately it's the welfare of those little people you know it's, it's in the in that chaste love i think as pope francis says um in that real kind of freedom giving love that we need to give um despite our weaknesses failings, stresses and challenges um that we need to get and, you know again at three in the morning um, it, there, there are sometimes some failings on my part in terms of patience or tenderness, but you do it, don't you? You get through. Um, and that's, I suppose that's an image you don't often think about. You can't imagine St. Joseph at three in the morning, like, Mary, you won't go to sleep. What's good, what we're going to do? You know, you, you can almost don't, you don't picture them like a family like that. But of course they were. They had a, they had a child, you know, it was a small child. They would have done all the baby stuff, all the, I don't know if they had nappies in Nazareth back then. But do you know what I mean? That, that kind of reality, I like the fact that Pope Francis pulls out those elements because we can't forget this these this is a real family and I, and I love that you know um it's that's the one thing i've really loved about the year saint joseph i've really thought about the humanity of them because i think we're so used to those christmas images of everything just like looking perfect and both happily looking looking very well rested um <laughs> just, just after the birth of uh, jesus what about yourself tom what um Tom Shannon, those. Uh, what uh, what jumped out to you in that first in that section, really, of the letter? Yeah, yeah so similar to what, what two of you said, really. The the big thing that struck me was kind of the humanisation of that relationship between uh, between Joseph and Jesus. There was a there was a really nice phrase that stood out to me. Um, it talked about Joseph watching Jesus grow daily in wisdom and in years in divine and human favour. Um, this idea of, of of him being there in the background. And, and sometimes very much in the foreground, I would imagine, and, and watching Jesus being there with him over those years that we don't we don't hear about. Um, the idea of him growing in, in human favour as well as divine favour, that just made me think about when we took Evie to nursery and then to school. And one of the biggest things I was worried about was her making friends and not, not um, you know, whether she's going to have fallings out, whether people are going to pick on her, whether she's going to find people that she that she enjoyed spending time with. And it kind of sounded a bit like that, that Joseph was there watching Jesus growing up and um, and seeing him grow in human favour, making some friends and, and, and making those relationships. Um, and there was another bit where it talked about um, Joseph teaching him to walk, taking him by the hand, bending him down to feed him. It just felt very relatable. It felt like Joseph was a normal father, which obviously, you know, he, he was um 
But the, the other thing that I really liked about it was the idea of um, Pope Francis talks about us having strength and in, in weakness um, and being able to, you know, give that over to God and, and let him work in, in that in that weakness in that those areas where we think there are failings and I think over this this year um, that that feels a lot more relatable doesn't it um, and having a second child like Tom said I, I think maybe I just forgot how difficult it is to, <laughs> to look after a baby but then when you've got a baby and a five-year-old oh, there, there are definitely times when you feel like uh, you know this is definitely a weakness I can't do this but you, you get like Tom said you get through it and um, and there was just a lot in that passage that, in, that, in that letter that, that felt you know very relatable to me yeah I, I think it, it's interesting you talk about that idea of like not I, I certainly have felt a real tension between like not not feeling good enough sometimes like not feeling yeah. like you're doing a good enough job you know and and that's that's with kind of like a normal uh, normal in, in abbreviated uh, comments a normal child like imagine imagine the pressure like imagine feeling about whether you're doing a good enough job bringing up Jesus because it would have been fairly evident fairly early on that something was a little bit different but but I, I get that sense of that we kind of have to just own that inadequacy and that that reality that we are not always going to be able to do everything and and kind of use that as a as a as a way of creating that sense of trust in God the Father you know that that sense that we need more than we are mm-hmm. you know and therefore to do what we need to do we're going to have to rely on something bigger than ourselves it is quite liberating um and quite freeing um because and I, I know I found trying to balance my job, trying to be at home, trying to, you know, especially when the kids are literally downstairs and you think, should I be there? Should I be here? You know, and I wonder, you know, Joseph would have had the same thing. He was still been working, still been trying to look after a family or whatever. Like, should I be there? Should I be here? And I, the thing I always get an impression of is that he was quite hands-on. And, and I know that's intimating, again, quite a lot from not a lot in scripture, but you do get the impression that he was, he was around and that, Jesus and him had a quite an active. It wasn't that he just rocked up at the end of the day, sat down, put his feet up, and got the paper out. Do you know what I mean? He, 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 he always struck me as a very much a kind of, now you're going to come with me today, son. You're going to be, you know, hauling this or lifting that or cutting this or whatever. I get the the idea that he was very much one a father of accompaniment um, and one that shared experiences as well. And I think I'm I'm very much trying to trying to be like that and trying to make the most of being able to be so much in in, in my little guys' lives at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I don't imagine, say, so I don't imagine Saint Joseph just kind of being like, right, <laughs> like work, 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 and not having the kind of family connection. Obviously, I don't think you, I don't imagine he had much of a commute. I imagine if like his workshop would have been quite near the house. Um, but if that, what Pope Francis really pulls out that accepting of weakness and kind of like, mm. he, I think it's really well said by him because it's so easy. Like I've, I've found myself, I've got. Um, one-year-old and uh, like there's a lot of kind of pressure of I've got to get this right I think that we yeah. put on ourselves more than anyone and um, that it's what I'm, what would happen if I, I got it wrong and you try almost trying to like you've got to keep that that fake bravado up of like yeah, yeah how, how are things going less and it's it so good to like have Pope Francis <laughs> highlights accepting that weakness and I think, yeah. oh yeah, I've had about six hours sleep since Sunday. I think <laughs> that's yeah. the kind of feeling. I think, I think a lot of that comes as well from um, 
you know, the, the prevalence of social media and, and us seeing, you know, other, other people with their children and, and, you know, things on TV and things on, on our phones and, you know, how fantastically everyone else is doing with, with their children, how, how well rested they all look and how tidy their houses are. And, and in comparison, you know, we, we're living in our own chaos kind of thing. Um, I think sometimes it's important for us to, you know, you can get swept up in that a little bit, can't you? And it's important for us to, to realise that actually that's an image that, that people, like you just said, sometimes kind of project and actually the reality is, is very different. Um, yeah, I think there sometimes is that, that pressure uh, for these days to live up to something which sometimes isn't, isn't possible. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And I think that's why it's quite refreshing to have a someone who you could argue is like the father of all fathers, you know, in terms of like the, the role models we've got. And I love that, that bit where he mentions at the start, like that actually the church actually references and, and, and St. Joseph, he's the next one down after St. Mary. And he, she doesn't get, he doesn't get anywhere near the same kind of profile really. And yet he's a big deal. He's a big deal. And actually he's an aspirational role model because he had doubts, he had worries, you know, and the fact that, you know, God needed to support him in the way he did. It means that he didn't just accept everything the same way his wife was just like, yeah, cool. Like he it took some time, you know, it took some time to come around, you know, and I, I've definitely been like that because there is a sense of detachment and I almost feel like a sense of helplessness sometimes. I don't know if you felt this, you know, particularly with having to be so distant during the birth this time round, yeah. you know, having to wait uh, and only being allowed in for certain bits and not being allowed to be there for the whole process. Like you do feel quite detached um, from the whole process and you kind of think, well, where, where, where do I fit in? How can I be that? And I think that's what's nice to see in, in Joseph is that he really carves out a niche for, for how he can be a role that is unique and special to him, you know, and actually how he's called to, to, to be him for Jesus, not to try and be something he's not. Um, next thing I've uh, wanted to um, uh, think about was, uh, it's kind of a double-sided question, really. Um, how did your faith shape the way you try and be a father to your children? But also, how have being a father shaped your faith? So I, I think, I think the, the impact's probably been... I don't know. I, I think the way I'm, I'm a father, I don't, I'm not necessarily consciously thinking about what it is about my faith that's changing or affecting it. I, like, I love praying with Joshua. That's really nice. Uh, Zach's not quite there yet. Um, like Joshua's nailed the sign of the cross. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful moment. Um, and like, interestingly at the moment, we're having a bit of a thing where we, we used to do like, who do you want to pray for today? And he would list off, I mean, it usually started with Fireman Sam. Um, he, he often made it into the prayer list, but we always, he always used to then say, I'm a mummy, daddy. You know, he used to, as if he knew he had to like pray for him the day. And recently, like, I'd be like, is anyone going to pray for today? He's like, no. I'm like, oh, uh, okay. And I can't think of, I've already messed up his his, his kind of uh, like his, his faith journey. But it's, and he's like, but just said, I always say, okay, now I'm going to say a prayer for you instead. And we like, we still pray together, still the sign of the cross and stuff. Um, but now he's got into the, the habit of saying, is anyone to pray for? No, will you pray for me though? And I was like, yeah, okay. You know, and it's and it's and it's cool. I, I love that. But I think the biggest change has definitely been my understanding of. And like my relationship with God, understanding him as a father and the idea of what love looks like. Because there are times where I'm holding him and he is screaming his head off because he doesn't want to do what I'm doing, but I'm holding him because I love him and I know what he needs to do is not what he's doing right now. But at the time, he doesn't get it and he's hating it. You know, and, and I think about those moments where I've really struggled with stuff and I'm angry stuff and I don't get stuff. And I'm thinking, actually, this is what it's like when it's the other way around. Like, I know, I know my faith tells me that God always acts out of love, that again, God is love in action himself. It, that, that's who he is. That's what he is. And yet it doesn't always feel like that on the other end. 
and now when I've got a guy who I am loving to the maximum of my ability, kicking off, screaming, crying, I'm like, but I'm just loving you and trying to help you, make you feel happy. <laughs> like that's changed my whole perspective. And also, I suppose becoming a, this sounds very profound here, but be- becoming someone who has created life. Like yeah. there, there are times where me and Laura will say, like we, we made literally <laughs> created that. Like, and you know, you talk about being made in God's image. That is one of those facets that I never really understood about how we are as human beings. Grand, you have the ability to create life. Like the fact that we brought that into the world, that that is there because of us, like, and therefore the responsibility and the kind of humility that comes with that awesome power. Yeah. They, those two things have really kind of shifted my focus and, and helped me understand. I think helped me understand God, the father a bit better, you know, me and Jesus have always been pretty tight, but that understanding of God, the father relationship it now makes loads more sense i think for me um for me it's a it's a difficult question really because it's something i just had never considered before i think it's similar to, to what you're saying tom there of you know i hadn't really considered how the two work together or not well how, how they affected each other i guess how the two roles kind of affect each other um partly because I guess my faith has always been there. It's always been a part of, of who I am. And it feels like now, um, it feels like I've always been a father as well, which is, it's hard It's hard to think about a time before I was a dad at this point, even though it's a relatively short period of time. Um, uh, but I think that the, one of the one of the main things for me is, is what we talked about from that uh, that letter as well, the idea of, of, of tender love and to, you know, being like that with with Evie and Kaylin, um, you know, having patience and, and compassion, and teaching them to to love other people and to love themselves and to and to have that relationship with God. Um, I think, as you were talking there, Tom, about um, about praying, um, that it reminded me of um, of what me and Evie do every night in, in their prayers before bed, and, and how how that's developed, and that's 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 nice as well that's fun and, and nice to see how that's developing and her, how her thoughts and feelings are coming into kind of um, how she prays uh, sometimes so she's been taught like a, a singing prayer at school which we do kind of then end of the day singing prayer um, and so we'll mix it up sometimes we'll do that sometimes we'll do the Hail Mary or the Our Father or, and now she's she's taken to kind of making up her own singing prayers which quite often are, are nonsense they just have nonsense words and she just sings and, and <laughs> but it but it's nice and we kind of end it with uh, with who we're going to pray for and that kind of thing but that's that's nice to see how she's developing um mm. but i think one of the big things for me that that changed when i became a dad was um my faith kind of <laughs> beforehand it was there were, there were times when my faith if i wasn't careful almost just became about my job mm. my job mm. was uh you know helping other people to explore their faith and 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 you know, when I, when I was an RE teacher, but more so when I was a lay chaplain and when I was working in youth work, it was all all kind of about my faith and about you know God. And so there were there was a, a temptation at times I, I felt that when I had a bit of time off or when I stepped away from that, it was also kind of stepping away from my faith, which was obviously not the way it's supposed to be. And becoming a dad kind of helped to break that down a little bit, I think, because it's made it more kind of front and centre. It's made it more more real that actually my faith is is all, all encompassing. It's not just in a box that I, you know I put to one side when it's the weekend or the evening. It's 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 you know pervades throughout, throughout everything, and that's kind of been something that I've really felt since I've become a dad. I can definitely echo what you're saying about the um, 
change your relationship with like God of like of, like like you um so I'm being very much kind of like me and Jesus out of my faith and my prayer Holy Spirit when I need a bit of some kind of inspiration or I'm like I don't know what I'm doing here kind of approach but I, I always struggle to kind of connect with God the Father but like if you say that understanding like like if <laughs> we've said before like three in the morning like half four or something ridiculous and you're like this is not what I kind of plan for my time right now this is not the kind of expect relationship i've expected to have at this moment but i still love you really and like just throw you a smile and it just and it's just amazing Thank you. pope francis really kind of pulls on that image of the tender loving father obviously it's the focus of our of this episode of the podcast um how have you kind of felt that in areas of your life I've been on the receiving end and we've talked a bit about kind of like trying to be a tender loving father what it feels like where, where have you found that in, in your life where's the kind of moments where you've really felt um either God's love through a person or just being loved really it's a really good question I think interestingly it's kind of connected to what's happening like seeing my dad with Joshua has been really interesting because of course I never saw him with me <laughs> I was busy at the time <laughs> and uh and like it's been really interesting to see how he is with him and and the way he talks to him and what he wants to do with him and he and like and it's just seeing that kind of paternal side of him come out again you know because obviously like you say I, at the moment there there is um I'm fairly independent now I'd like to think uh, but um but actually just seeing that whole side come out of him again realizes makes me realize just the importance not just of of, of his love but of course the family that I'm from you know and makes you kind of feel very kind of but very kind of proud and very kind of grateful and, and a, a huge sense of gratitude for that. And I know that's not a luxury that everyone has, you know, and, and I'm, I'm very conscious of that as well. You know, you do, you do kind of start to think about and just really bring home the impact of then when that isn't the case and those people aren't present for people, it really does kind of floor you for that. But I think what I love about their love for him, and I suppose therefore it's a reflection of the love that I shared is that, that complete kind of disinterest in themselves <laughs> And that complete kind of focus on the welfare and the flourishing and the nourishment of that person in front of you. And I realized that's, I'd like to think that's why I've got to where I've got and how I can feel how I feel, you know, and why I've got a strong faith, you know, it's because I was given that freedom and given that love to, to grow and develop like that. But when I also look back, I think actually I can spot where they went without stuff or they didn't do stuff or I probably wasn't, and that probably wasn't what they really actually wanted to be doing because I now know <laughs> what it feels like to be on the other side of it. And yet we did it anyway because I wanted to, you know, and you, and you see that actually, and the line that they use is, it's not mere self-sacrifice, but self-gift. That's the line from the, the letter that I love that Pope Francis talks about, that actually you're not just giving up stuff and therefore by default, the child is getting more. You are giving something positive and proactive to that child in your kind of stepping back, in your freedom, in your trust, in your love that's enabling them to flourish. And they're taking that gift and doing something with it you know and even just seeing joshua come back and repeating some of the phrases that my dad used to use with me um mm. like he said that zach laura carried zach into the bathroom for, for bath time the other day and joshua's looked out the shower he went there you are young fellow me lad and i was just like cool i think for me it's 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 interesting hearing that because it's it's pretty much exactly the same um it's it's it, for me it comes from my relationship with my dad and uh i remember thinking the first time um i became a dad when when eve was born that uh i wanted my relationship with evie to be like my relationship with my dad um 
and and to have those same kind of memories and those same experiences and to just uh, experience the same sense of of, of love um and you know with, with my dad it's always been uh you know i feel safe and nurtured and cared for and loved um and that, that he would do anything for me and that was always how and it is always how you know, i want evie and, and, and kaylin to feel uh about me and i think you know, we've been in a, in a support bubble um uh, last kind of two or three months uh, which has been really helpful actually mm. but evie's got to spend a bit more time with, with my mum and dad and you know, similar to what Tom said there as well. You know, seeing my dad with Evie has been has been amazing. Um, and listening to him reading the same stories that, that he read to me, uh, yeah. reliving some of those experiences, um, uh, seeing him kind of chasing around, chasing around the garden with him and playing in the little Wendy house and things like that, <laughs> you know, squeezing into this, this little house and, and and having a pretend kind of tea party with their dolls and stuff. That, that stuff like that is. Um, is amazing it just kind of uh, it makes me you know want to be more like him and I, I think there was a part in, in the letter actually that talked about Jesus experiencing I can't remember the exact wording but experiencing the, the love of the father through Joseph and I think that that is um, mm. really kind of related well a really poignant point that you know I, I, I want Evie and Kaylin to experience the same love that I experienced from my dad it's about them experiencing God through how we act with them and how yeah. uh, you know our relationship with them I think um, yeah yeah that part of the letter really made me think because we often hear like Jesus said it himself like about he of the image of God the Father like if you've seen me you've, you've seen the Father and actually by Pope Francis pulling out actually for Jesus Jesus needed on earth Joseph to be the image of the Father to him Mm. And it's I, I found I found that like really profound because we kind of because of the I suppose the way the gospel were written we're like yeah okay Jim's born and he's getting baptized at thirty <laughs> off we go really and actually like he needed that kind of that growing in love and uh, one of our later episodes we're hopefully going to speak to a couple of uh, granddads and that look at how the the, the fatherly role like a generation up um, how what that looks like. Um, I'm not sure about people listening, but unfortunately, like I lost my dad when I was quite young. So it's really, really lovely hearing about your kind of relationship with your dad growing up at that kind of like of, of six. And um, but my mum my was a great figure. My, bro- my older brother was as well. But I've been quite lucky of having some really good priests in my life, parish priests who've really been uh, helpful in showing that to me. But I think the biggest thing about that kind of receiving tender love and mercy of just having that freedom. I think t- and Tom, you, uh, Tom B, you p- picked up on that about like I just remember my childhood just, just like just being able to go and play and stuff like not worrying about like like dishes need to be done dinner needs to be started at this time so we can get to bed and everything like that and uh, I just re- didn't realise how much of a self-sacrifice and a self-giving as, as you said that our parents did really making that possible is there any part of St. James's character um, or life that really intrigues or inspires you? <laughs> Um, I think I think it, it, I find it interesting kind of thinking about Joseph because as we talked about there's not very much about him in the Gospels and um, in a similar way to have um, just given a plug to, to one of your many videos Tom Baptist you, you started doing a series a while ago called Gaps in the Gospels and it's that kind of yeah. 
find really interesting that those those bits that we don't hear about but we can infer from the bits that we do hear um and it's that that human side of, of joseph that i find really interesting um the fact that he he, he did get annoyed and he had arguments you know he, he was willing to you know he almost walked away from from mary at one point and and, mm. and the conversations that must have happened at that point and in possibly losing his temper and uh you know the fact that that he did that makes him very relatable, I think. But also the reconciliation, the moments of reconciliation he must have had afterwards, and then the family life that he led with Mary and, and, and Jesus. Um, and just the, the feeling of him kind of getting stuck into the job of parenting, uh, as we hear about earlier on, him kneeling down to, to feed Jesus, holding him to his cheek, that kind of thing, just makes him feel very human. It makes him feel really... Mm. I, th- I think for me, the bit I kind of... And maybe this is just because I got a new drill for my birthday. But like the bit I really kind of resonate with is like him like working around, building something, creating something, making something. And Jesus like looking at that going, oh, I want to be like that and do that. Because like whenever we're building Ikea furniture, Josh will always like be screwing in on the stuff and pretending to do stuff and like totally fully involved i think in his mind he is a master craftsman already like, and it's brilliant but i i love that that the kind of maybe the kind of older dad bit because of course like you say there's a huge gap there we don't really know we know definitely he's still around at 12 but after that i mean we don't we don't know but i would have loved the fact that jesus would have seen him as a working dad and i would have loved uh, i kind of really interested by what jesus would have taken from the work that he did um because i mean i was trying to do some research into whole like what were carpenters back in like in nazareth and stuff like that but i think the the current correct me if i'm wrong because there are you are both more far more theologically qualified than i am um the current thinking is that actually he was more like a craftsman rather than a like he wasn't just like putting up bookshelves like this this guy was more like could maybe even work with stone or different mason he was very very much a kind of builder of any kind of kind of and i and i love the fact that when i'm building something all that joshua wants to do is build something you know and that kind of emulation side of it and i just wonder what jesus what do we see in the person of jesus that actually is stuff he took from the person of Joseph. That's always something I really wonder about. Like, you know, in the way Jesus was or the way Jesus spent time eating with his friends and eating a lot of stuff happened around food with the meal. Is that because his dad always liked to do that? You know, when Jesus didn't stay too long, or I suppose maybe the fact that Jesus always seemed to get, he used to get people and was very sensitive to the realities of people who were poor or people who were outcasts and stuff. And I remember reading one book about the life of, of Jesus saying that actually Joseph's job would have been, it might not have been necessarily just a kind of workshop based type thing you would have gone where the work is so if you're taking jesus left right and center he's seeing people on the streets he's seeing poverty but he's also seeing riches he's also seeing the occupying romans in their amazing villas and stuff and he gets such exposure i wonder if jesus's sensitivity and ability to just speak to people on their level is because his dad had to do that you know working with posh clients and and kind of working yeah i just always try and see what can you see of joseph in jesus because that's the best kind of perspective we're ever going to get in it really because scripture is pretty light uh, after <laughs> after the old 12 year old incident <laughs> so i think that's a really interesting point i've never thought about that before but the idea of you know um as, as evie gets older i can see bits of me and her mm. and she acts kind of and some of her mannerisms yeah mine and some of her, her mums and um, that that must have been the case with jesus as well um that's really interesting actually i've not thought about it before it's it's also terrifying when you realise that these little people are gonna take bits <laughs> of us and they're and you're like I know which bits I'd like you to take and which bits I'd like to <laughs> leave behind, um, but I think and you must be the case because you're you've got a slightly older child, but like Joshua, he is 
everything like everything oh, yeah, yeah. E- even if like we're in a different room or whatever he'll come out with a phrase like how do you even know that we were talking about like and did you put yeah. that together and stuff so yeah i, I think there's there's also like a, a, a terrifying side to that that actually yeah our children are going to be a reflection of us so like just make sure they they reflect the good bits you know yeah. Like little walking Alexas, just absorbing it, always listening. Yeah, oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Like the St. Joseph being the um, like the, the handyman side, I'm, I'm kind of like more budget and scarper, really, a kind of uh, <laughs> approach of like, this is this got to be it. Like, I think the closest I've ever felt to St. Joseph after three days of fighting, I'm actually going to curtain rail up in my lounge room with, <laughs> with my <laughs> first house. And it was like, I'd angle out and I'm like, it's safe. It's, it, honestly, it's safe. Just don't pull too hard on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, like that's, that should be shouldn't that be flag against the wall? I'm like, yeah, that's that's the boring way of doing it. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, it's like when you think about Jesus carrying the cross, like he had that preparation. With, uh, like, say Joseph can imagine he was carrying lumber around in a similar mm. way, really. And um, yeah, if, 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 I think it's just a really interesting imagery of where Jesus of that experience of nails and wood and then mm. is like his greatest achievement really um in what way does being a father bring you closer to god i think i think it's more just uh it gives you a real sense of perspective and humility um like you, you it's very easy and very obvious that we are i am not now the most important person in my world nor should i be <laughs> You know, and actually gives me a real focus on. Supposed to give me a real focus on the importance of putting love in action and making it tangible. Um, because if, it, like you say, particularly at the moment, without anybody else, if if Joshua and, and Zach don't see it from me and Laura, where are they going to see it from? Do you know what I mean? And actually, that in terms of how it, how it's inspired my faith, it just reminded me that our faith is a doing faith. You know, Jesus was a Joseph was a practical man. He did stuff with his hands. Do you know what I mean? And our faith should be the same. It's not something we can just think about like we've got to do it and that's by putting love in action and i think it, whether it's three in the morning or the first time they get a cut and you give them a magic kiss or whether it's when they're coming home stressed about their gcse's and all that terrifying stuff that's to come mm. our faith needs to be a doing faith that that people feel um and if anything you know not just parenthood but lockdown in general has, has really hammered that home to me <laughs> to use a carpentry reference uh, yeah i think um uh, it's similar for me really it's, it's about um reminded me to kind of cherish that that time with the with with the two of them with Evie and Kaylin and, and to to show them that love um you know if, if they like a lot of times if that that kind of feeling and seeing that love from me then like we talked about in Pope Francis' letter where Jesus kind of experiences the father's love through his father and that that's that's really important the final point that the Pope makes is um, not to try and be complete controlling, to let God mm. steer the ship. Um, and we can see, like, Joseph's obviously doing that, being very responsive in his dreams uh, to that. Have you ever felt that either generally in your life or particularly uh, as a dad? I, I I struggle with that, I think, sometimes. And I, I've kind of come to recognise that more more recently, that I quite like being in control. Um and I like it when, when when I'm not, and maybe actually uh, taking up this job has helped me to to start to come to terms with that because I think you have to be because when you're a step removed from the schools that you work in, you can't be in in, in control, and that, that that's definitely the case. I think when you're a parent as well, that you can't control absolutely everything, and 
Um, and the thing I, I've I've struggled with, I think sometimes with that that sense of, of wanting to control everything and make everything, you know, perfect is is that balance between kind of job and faith and being a dad. And um, I, I quite often, you know, quite often feel guilty that if I'm focusing on one, I'm not giving enough time to yeah. do that. Um, and it just feels sometimes that it's impossible to do all of those three things really well. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, I think look, looking at that, looking at the letter again helps to kind of reconcile that a little bit because that that's a, you know, a weakness that I can maybe give over to God and just to, to give that worry over to him and, and just realise that doing my best is, is probably good enough, really. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like what you're saying about that the idea about letting people grow and not not holding on to control of stuff. I, I'm I'm I always thought I was fairly free and easy, like just like yeah, it'd be cool, it'd be fine. And I think most to the frustration of my wife, I am sometimes about certain things like climbing frame heights and slides and stuff. I'm like, no, it'd be fine. It's fine, um, and, I, and I think I maybe I'm a bit too, uh, a bit too kind of um, uh, in the shadows to use the reference from the. Uh, um, like, no, you need to be next to him to catch him when he falls off. Uh, but, but I think I have noticed over the lockdown period, like you said, the real idea that particularly when we're responsible for looking after other people as well because in both of our jobs we also got people we support all of our jobs we've got people we, we have actually got to take care of and support you kind of start to see that actually the only way people grow is when they have space and room to grow you know i i, I look at the team now and they they're doing amazing work and they're doing all their live broadcasts and live streaming first lockdown is just me and the attic and then second lockdown is like oh it's okay no i'll come in and do this and then i can set that up for you and i was like actually and now i've got no choice but to let them do it for themselves and it's way better because they're all growing and learning and flourishing because i've had to step back um and that wasn't a choice because i still get very twitchy about making sure everything's controlled on this that side of things um but again, I think about, about Joshua, I think about when he laughs the most, it's often when I've not been trying to micromanage his activities or it's mm. just when he's been given the space to be a kid, do you know? And 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 if someone is to grow and flourish in front of us, we have to be brave enough and have the confidence to give them the faith and trust and therefore space to, to do that growing, you know, as difficult as that is. But yeah, super hard. I totally get that. <laughs> I like how Pope Francis calls on saying about sacrament of reconciliation there for a reason, <laughs> really, of our weakness to help us along. Um, so, yeah, we spoke a little bit there about the kind of trying to get the balance. Um, how do you, like, within the midst of very busy jobs, where you, I would say there's a lot of giving of yourself to people and then family life, how, how do you try and carve any time for you and God in, that, in your very busy days? Um. If you have an answer to that, uh, I'd appreciate that. Uh, maybe just a text or an email or something. Um, yeah, I've, I, I was going to say I have. I do. I am. I find that really tough at the moment. Really yeah. tough. There isn't there isn't any time like because I don't feel like I'm doing a good, good enough job at work. I don't feel like I'm doing a good enough job at home. You know, and actually, uh, where anything else fits into that, I don't know. Um, I suppose I think. Uh, I always try and, particularly in moments like this when it's so confusing, try and always picture that my relationship with God as one of accompaniment and the fact that if I'm in the middle of a crazy situation then actually God is present in that situation so trying to be as close to what I think God wants me to be in that situation will keep us close even if I'm not being able to carve out that dedicated time and I think it's you know trying with virtual liturgies and you know masses online and stuff like that and they're all okay and cool and and stuff but 
but yeah, I'm, I'm finding that really tough. Simple, simple as that, really. Find it really, really tough. But I, I think for me, I've always found the the most kind of resonance or heard God loudest in service of others or in you know working with others and stuff. So um, I definitely feel very close, even if I don't feel like we've had a lot of one-on-one time. Um, and then, yeah, I, I'm still figuring it out, to be honest. I'm still figuring it out. Um, so yeah, if anyone's got any more wisdom than I have, but I had to make that work, then then yeah, but I just have to be uh, strong in my weakness, I think, maybe. Uh, and that's the only way to do it. It is hard. Um, I, I'm hoping that being able to go back into schools a bit more now and spending time with, with some, some of the young people and, and sharing some of their liturgies, because uh, I, I was really enjoy that um and that you know hearing and seeing the way other people you know pray and, and, and worship helps me feel closer to god um I, I don't know how you guys have found kind of live stream masses but i found that hard with a five-year-old mm-hmm. trying, to, trying to keep her her uh interested in what, what's going on is is, is difficult but we've just, we've just started in our in our CMAT um doing a kind of a whole CMAT staff prayer on a Thursday uh, after school um uh, and I'm I'm enjoying that actually because mm. I, I'm I'm leading some of them but then uh, thankfully there's some uh, some of our staff from across the CMAT teachers lay chaplains various other people some of the head teachers are, are leading some of those sessions um, so I'm really enjoying that time that that we're giving over to God and to our relationship to God and to spending that time together um, every week now and that that's that's something that, that is um, that's a blessing. That's a really really good point. And I'm going to come back to that. I had this great pious idea for Lent of like, instead of like hitting snooze for that like 10, 15 minute in the morning, if I get up straight away, just give that time to God before the madness starts, before anybody asks me to do anything, that would be amazing. Work for three days and be teething <laughs> yeah. kicked in. And it's just like when you're like getting up a couple of times at night and it's like, yeah, I could. But I could have 15 minutes of actual lying down sleep. <laughs> that 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 that'd be nice. So yeah, yeah um, one thing I found is uh, while changing a nappy, I, I try and get a prayer in. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I've got like if I'm now at the point where I can hopefully do it without too much focus and hopefully it not be disastrous. That um, <laughs> that that'd be quite good. But who's the patron saint of nappy changes? Ah. Uh, Let's make St. Joseph. Let, let's, let, let's push that. I know you've got quite a few patrons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I tell you, I think with some of the changes I've done, I think it would be Jude hopeless causes, really. When you <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I think what, like, what you said there, Tom Shannon, about having that time with others, I think is really helpful, like not trying to do it alone. Like I've mm. just started, like one thing that's been successful for me in Lent out of all my things is just like trying to do this consecration saint joseph and i'm doing it with a friend and we like text each other like what your thoughts on it it's a bit of a reminder if i haven't prayed it yet today or whatever to uh, to, to give it a go so i think not trying to plow the field on your own is a big thing really like, yeah yeah it's two people bro so that's a lot of that's everything kind of wanted to explore today any final thought from either of you or any sage bits of advice <laughs> or things that you <laughs> wish you would know more about maybe like I'm not sure the reverse of advice is asking for advice maybe or I, I, I think with being a parent there's there's so many things that you don't know that that there would be there would be too many questions to try and uh, pin, pinpoint one um, I think I, I, I've, I've found so far uh, that it is that <laughs> being a dad is just about doing your best I think um, 
not beating yourself up when things don't go quite as well as, as you want them to. Um, and actually, maybe that's uh, that's a good way of looking at, at life. Just do your best. Don't worry too much if it goes wrong. It'll be okay. I suppose, I suppose that's, that's a really good point, like taking, because a lot of the pressure we put on is the pressure we put on ourselves. And I think, you know, when I look back, do I remember every single day when I was two or three or four or five? Is that I remember very little. You know, I, I remember, I just have this profound sense of how it felt to be part of that family. And I think that that reminder that actually, you know, in terms of the people they're going to grow into become, if you have a really bad day or that nappy change is a shocker or actually you really should not have taken to the park to at that time when it got rained on, you know, the all the things that we can and definitely will find ourselves opportunities to beat ourselves up about. If at the end of the day, like you said, everything is driven by a desire to, to be love for those children. Then they are meeting Christ. They're meeting God. And everything else will take care of itself. And, and as long as we are that face of love, that face of Christ in the same way that, that Joseph was like, everything else will fall into place and I'm saying this to myself now and I'll probably do something this afternoon and be like oh man uh, but you know I just think we, we, we need opportunities like this to talk about what it's like to be a dad to talk about what it's like to integrate that with our faith and to and to take comfort and to take inspiration from the people who've done it before us yeah that's brilliant that's it uh, a great note to end on um, going to end in prayer I'm not sure if either of you would like to lead it at all or we could all chip in in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to think about um, being dads. I pray for all those listening, and um, for thank you very much for the things shared by Tom and Tom. I ask you to bless them and their families, their children, their wives, and that they really see your presence in what they do, and to bless their day-to-day jobs as well, that they can see the fruit of all their hard work. Let's pray that our relationship with God can be brought ever stronger by the example set by St. Joseph and, of course, by all the awesome dads out there. Let's pray that we can be brave enough to give the people we care about the space and room to grow. And let's just ask for the uh, for the inspiration and the energy sometimes to continue to be the face of love and Christ for others. The thing I'm feeling really grateful for this, this afternoon is the the opportunity to, to be together to come together um and so i thank you god for for that for the chances we have to to share our faith and our experiences and our thoughts and worries with each other and to be able to be there to support each other so i thank you god for that this afternoon amen amen saint joseph pray for us please and father son amen thank you once again to the two toms for being in our first episode of a father's heart Make sure you subscribe either on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts so that you won't miss an episode. And we look forward to seeing you next month. God bless. And we pray that St. Joseph will continue to inspire and pray for you as a dad, as a Christian and as a man out in the world.